Hey friends, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell and it is a great joy to be here, uh, to be able to come together uh, either virtually or in person to celebrate what God is continuing to do in and through us, his church. We're not waiting for a movement of God. We are experiencing God's movement right here and right now. And so I'm excited that you are joining us. Uh, we are wrapping up our, our previous sermon. Last week we wrapped up uh, the, the sermon series called Kingdom. And this week we're starting a brand new sermon series, but I, I just wanted to give you an update. We had a great time with Vacation Bible School this past week. We had uh, kiddos all through the building. We had people climbing on bounce houses. We had people learning about the story of Jesus and how they play a part in God's story. It was, it was a powerful time for me. Uh, I enjoyed being able to hang out with your kiddos and to grow in my relationship with them, in my relationship with God, and in our understanding of how God can use even us to be uh, a part of his kingdom. And so we're starting a brand new sermon series this week. Uh, it is all about Jesus said what? The, the difficult things that Jesus said. So if you're new here, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us. We're excited that you're with us. We're excited that you are coming alongside us. And, and our hope is this, that you will know that we understand that we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus. And we want to invite you to come on a journey with us, to grow in our relationship with one another, to grow in our relationship with God so that we can be more like Jesus, so that we can grow together, uh, loving God, loving our neighbor, and, and making a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. Uh, when, I, when I was younger, I, I was a youth pastor in St. Louis for a while, and one of the things that we would do uh, typically on a yearly basis is we would go uh, and take a retreat with the high school youth. We would, we would take off and we would go to this place called Blue Mountain. And a lot of times when we would go there, it was just uh, an opportunity to, uh, to have a, a deep conversation about what, what, what it can look like for a high school student to follow Jesus. Well, one year we decided in our infinite wisdom that we were going to use the facilities ropes course. I don't know if you're f familiar with this, but a ropes course is actually, uh, it's, it's a bunch of different obstacles that you go over, you climb over, and you use rope to do that. Um, one of those places was a, uh, a really high, like 18 feet uh, rope net that would go up on one side, and then you had to climb over the top of it and then go down the other side. And so you would go up in the, in the air uh, pretty high uh, and climbing on this rope. And I had this young lady named Hannah with me, and Hannah was not excited about the ropes course. And so I, I made a deal with her. She was one of my, the, the students that was in my group, and I was like, look, Hannah, I will, I will go with you. We will get through this together. Uh, every step of the way, you take it and I'll take it. We'll, we'll go at the same, same rate of speed. Uh, we're not going to be rushing this. We're going to make it. Uh, and we get to that, that, that tall rope net, and she looks at it, and that's the time that she decides to tell me, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of heights. And I was like, again, Hannah, we've got this. I'm right here with you. Uh, you'll keep your eyes on me instead of on the ground. Don't look down, look up and look at me. And so we climbed up and I'm climbing sideways up this rope net so that I can, I can look Hannah in her face the whole way and I can be like, hey, I'm right here. We're, we're doing this step by step. Uh, help guide her 
Her foot, if it gets messed up, no, you got to go a little bit higher on your left foot or right foot, whatever, to get up there. And we get to the top, uh, and she's pretty terrified, but she makes it over the top and now is coming down on the other side, and she's holding on for dear life. And we're climbing down, and I'm having her look at me eye to eye. You know, we can do this. We're going to make it. Don't sweat it. We've got this. And, and we get to a point, and Hannah says, I, I can't do it. I just can't go any further. I, I, I'm going to give up. Uh, you're going to have to get somebody to help me get down because I can't make it. I just can't do it on my own. And I, I looked at her and I said, okay, Hannah, I've been telling you to look at me. Now I want you to look down. And she looked down and she was about a foot off the ground and she could easily step down and let go of the rope because she had done it even though she believed in that last moment it was impossible for her to make it, she had already completed it and was already there. And, and so I, my recognition of, of this whole thing is that sometimes when we hear the hard sayings of Jesus, when we hear the things that Jesus tells people and, and we understand what it is, we, we, can, we can deal with Jesus that same way. Oh, I, I've got to give up. This is going to be too hard. I can't make it. Uh, surely he can't mean that. I mean, that would be impossible. Or uh, one of the ways that I deal with things mostly is that I, maybe I'll just ignore that part. I won't pay too much attention to that part. I'll, I'll just ignore it. Um, and so uh, that's, that's what we want to take a look at because I, I believe that Jesus wants us not to ignore it, that Jesus wants us to embrace it. And, and if it causes us concern, or if we feel like we can't get there on our own, that Jesus wants us to lean on him so that we can get there. Because Jesus' message is countercultural, uh, and, and I say that a lot, and we talk about a lot, that a lot in, in the church. What countercultural means is it doesn't make sense in the culture at large. In a non-Christian culture, what Jesus calls us to, love your neighbor as you love yourself, uh, to give away your possessions, to, to share what you have, to live generously, to be holy people is just not in line with what the cultural understanding is. And so Jesus says, hey, I want you to live differently. I want you to live for me, and I will live in you, and together we will make a difference, and you will be more like me. And, and that's what Jesus is calling us to in this whole thing. And so when we look at some of these more difficult conversations, it's important for us to recognize that, one, it wouldn't have made it in the Bible if it wasn't important. And it wouldn't have made it there if we didn't need to pick up something and understand something from the conversation or from the interaction that's going on. And this first story uh, comes when Jesus interacts with this young man. And it comes out of the gospel or the, the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. It's told by this guy named Matthew. Matthew was also known as Levi. And Matthew slash Levi was one of Jesus' disciples when Jesus was alive. And so this is a first-person account that, that Matthew wrote so that we could have the story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, this good news piece. And, and that's who we're taking a look at today when we pick up with this story. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now, a lot of times when we look at Jesus interacting with people, 
in, in the stories that Jesus has, a lot of times it's because somebody has come up to them, uh, to him to test him, or somebody has come up to him to say, hey, can you heal me from this? Or he's having a different kind of interaction. This is a unique interaction with Jesus because this is simply uh, somebody who's coming to say, hey, what do I need to do to have eternal life. I, 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 it's, it's really a, a good interaction, a good in, a, a question that he's posing. And so Jesus recognizes his heart um, and, and, and recognizes actually what the core of the issue is already. But Jesus responds in this way. Why do you ask what, about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. I mean, here's what Jesus is saying. This isn't a brush off. This is Jesus saying, hey, you're coming and asking me, but you already know the answer to this. Because the Torah has been around for a while. The, the, the Hebrew Bible, the, the holy work of God written down so that people understand the commandments and the laws has already been written down. And, and so Jesus is saying, hey, there it is. You get it. The Torah is there. You can understand it. You know the rules. Do what it says. And so the young man, because, you know, he, he's trying to really get to the heart of the matter himself, says this, which ones, which, which commandments, which laws, uh, which ones should I follow? And Jesus replied, you shall not murder. Now notice, Jesus is really just summarizing uh, the, the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. The, uh, the young man responds, all these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Now, here's kind of the core of it. The young man knows that he's done all of the things that the law has, has required of him, but he knows also that there's something missing. There's something more that he needs to do, and he, he can feel it in himself that, that something's not quite right. And so Jesus responds this way. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had many things. Jesus said, what? I mean, give up everything, really? Uh, sell everything you have and give it to the poor so that you can have treasure in heaven? Become homeless? Come and follow me? This is, it's not a wonder when we hear this story that the young man went away sad. Not just because he had many things. Most of us would say, if you have anything, it's going to be hard. If you have a home, it's going to be hard to sell. Let's sell the home and give it, give it up all of the proceeds, all of the money from that so that we can give it to the poor. Uh, I mean, this, this is a hard saying of Jesus. And when we look at this, um, it can be tough for us to understand too. But what we need to recognize is, is Jesus is going to the heart of the matter. Jesus knows this guy better than he knows himself. 
Jesus knows this guy is the one with the 185-inch TV, uh, and that's just the one that's in the garage. It's that 6K TV, not even 4K. It's, it's the latest and greatest, or maybe the latest iPhone. You know, he's always on his phone. He's got the nicest car on the block, and even his doghouse has air conditioning. Uh, and, and so he was proud of his things. He was proud of the status that they brought him. And, and, and I understand, hey, we're not like that. That's nothing like us. We, we're not proud of our stuff. We don't use it to hold status over anything. We don't have the latest and greatest thing so that others notice us. That's not why we do it. I'm sure that we are better than that. But for this rich young man, this was, this was his hang-up. And, and so Jesus says, hey, I know what's wrong. I know the heart of the, of the issue that you're wrestling with. You feel something's not right, that something is the stuff that you have. Now, he, he doesn't say that the stuff is bad. He doesn't say that uh, it's because you have too much money that you are wicked. No, he, he, he basically just tells this young man, hey, go sell all your stuff so that you can come and follow me. And it's because the young man is addicted to his stuff. The young man has become dependent, more dependent on his stuff than he is on God. And, and Jesus wanted the young man to be freed from his greed. Jesus wanted the young man to be liberated from the thing that held him back. The thing that separated him from God was his wealth. And this is a hard, hard thing for us to understand. Um, I mean, couldn't Jesus have just said, hey, you need to give more money to the poor? I, I think, honestly, if Jesus would have said that, the, the young man would have been like, okay, no problem. I'll sell three or four of my river properties that aren't a good investment anyway. They're not returning the money that I expected the way that they should, so I'll, I'll sell those and give those to the poor, and it would have never really hurt him. Uh, it, it wouldn't have caused him a problem. And, and so Jesus says, hey, sell everything because Jesus wants the young man to realize, hey, you have a problem. Jesus wants the young man to realize that he is more dependent on his stuff than he is on God. Now I get it. This can be a tender topic for us. This can be a hard time. And maybe the Holy Spirit has been sitting and waiting just for this moment. And the Holy Spirit is now tapping you on the shoulder and being like, hey, 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 uh, we have a problem too. We're all addicted to stuff. You have too much stuff. And maybe you have a, a storage facility for the extra stuff that you don't even need that you don't keep at your house. We're all addicted to stuff. And it can be something that, that, that really weighs on us because we start to believe that that is going to bring us prosperity and hope rather than following God. And, and so the rich young ruler, the rich young man, went away sad because he was addicted to his stuff. And, and that is one of the most heartbreaking lines in Scripture. It really is because he went away sad knowing that, that he, he had too much and, and he couldn't give it away and follow Jesus. And, and this proves what Jesus had already said. You can't follow two masters. You can't follow money and follow God. You, you've got to be obedient to God, and, and, and that's really the core of what Jesus is after. Jesus goes after whatever separates us from God. Now, I'm going to let some of you off the hook. I'm going to say, maybe this isn't money for you. 
Maybe this is lust for you. Maybe this is greed for you. Maybe this is anger for you. You just don't want to give it up. You want to hold on to it. Maybe it's something else that is separating you from God. But that's what Jesus goes after. He goes after what separates us from God. And for this interaction, for this rich young man, it was all about the stuff that he had, all about his things, all about his possessions, his property, all of the things that that gave him security and safety. And you may think, man, this this is too hard. This is too much. This is impossible. Surely Jesus isn't really saying that to me. Surely Jesus isn't telling me that I I have too much dependence on my things. Surely Jesus isn't tapping me on the shoulder because I'm too comfortable with what I possess rather than trying to follow Jesus. But the truth is this, when we're paying more attention to what we have or what we want rather than how to be more like Jesus, it is a problem. When our concern, where we are concerned more with how the stock market is doing than how we are doing in our relationship with God, that's a problem. When we're concerned with our lawn looking better than the neighbor's lawn rather than how our soul appears before God, then that's a problem. All of these things are things that separate us from God. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Now, if you're confused by this, if you, if you are having to wrestle with this, you're not alone. The disciples were confused by this. They were like, whoa, Jesus just told that guy he had to be homeless. And Peter's probably sitting there going, Jesus didn't tell me I had to sell my house. Do you think he's going to make me sell my house to keep following him? I, I don't know what's going on in their minds for sure, but I can imagine those conversations. And so Jesus wanted to, to focus them in on the issue. Jesus wanted them to understand what he was saying. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Ooh, (laughs) Jesus is not pulling any punches. It's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, if you're, if you're sitting there, we're going to have to unpack this in a little bit of context, because if you're sitting there thinking uh, a sewing needle and getting a camel through it, that's not just hard, that's impossible, unless maybe the sewing needle is the size of the Empire State Building, something massive, then maybe the camel could go through it. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus isn't talking about a sewing needle. Jesus, to Jesus, the eye of a needle is, is a common phrase that is used for the n- evening gate Uh, in the city of Jerusalem or any walled city would have it. So what happens is in a walled city, you have gates that people come in and come out of. In the evening, you would shut those gates to give added safety and security. But people still needed to come in and come out. And you wouldn't want to open the massive gates Every, every time somebody shows up that needs to come in that got there after the gates were closed. So there was a smaller door that was crafted into the wall or into the door itself that that somebody could come through, and they would open that. Now, the problem was, if you had a camel... Uh, you would ha- it was made so that it wasn't tall, so you couldn't ride a horse or a camel through it, so that if you had ill intent and you were bringing an army, you couldn't single file through the gate. You had to get off. 
And, and so this is the picture. The, the camel would actually have to have all of its burden taken off, and then the, the guy or gal would have to lead the camel through the door so that it would duck down and it would kind of bow its knees so it could get through the eye of the needle. So it's not impossible to get through. It's just really difficult. And when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Who can be saved? If, if this rich young ruler has an easier time or has a more difficult time than a camel going through the eye of a needle to get saved, who can possibly be saved? And here's the, here's the rub for them. And it, it's, it's one of the things that we do even today. We look at the, the idea that if you're rich, you're blessed. If you're prosperous, God has blessed you with that. And, and we don't realize, even though we see it all the time, that wicked people are doing great too financially. So that's not really a good, a good picture. We have pastors that are out and, and they tell you, hey, if you just want, if you want something, just pray harder for it because God wants you to have it. He just wants you to be happy. They're forgetting the line that Jesus said of, hey, pick up your cross and follow me. This isn't going to be easy. I want you to be holy, not necessarily happy. My, my goal is holiness. And, and so what we need to understand is, is Jesus is saying, hey, I, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be difficult to be more like the way that you're supposed to be. It's hard to follow the rules. It's hard to live according to the guidelines that I'm setting forth. I understand that. And so the disciples are then at a loss. They're like, hey, who, who is going to even be able to get in? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things, all things are possible. And so Jesus gives us the secret to this story, that, that God can make this happen regardless of, of your wealth or your, your lack of wealth. It's not easy, but it's possible. God can do it. Now, Jesus wants, th this whole story sets us up to understand this. There is a competition for our heart. It, it, it's either money or stuff or lust or anger or hatred, whatever it is, something is getting in the way. And, and, and Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to, to embrace life, to, to come alive and be more like me. And, and Jesus says, you can do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make this possible because all things are possible with God. Now, maybe you're sitting out there like my friend Hannah, and you're thinking, my stuff is too important. I, I can't do it. I can't make it. I can't get there on my own. It, it, it's my stuff. And you, you look at that or whatever it is that's separating you from God, and you're like, I, I, I like that too much to give up. I'm, I'm going to keep doing that no matter what the cost is, no matter how it harms my relationship with God. And that should tell you something. That should be the, the exclamation point on the fact that that is a problem. And so I, I, I just recognize that it's not going to be easy, but God makes it possible. And, and so we can embrace that and say, God, I want to be more like you. I want everything in my life to be like you. Or we can give up. 
like, like so many people do. I, I, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I have really been enjoying recently is the Olympics. I love watching the Olympics on TV. Uh, the Olympics are a special time for me because I swam in high school. I wasn't very good at it, but I loved swimming, and so I like watching the, these athletes because if you watch the Olympics, that's like the premiere of swimming events. That's the best that's out there. And, and I got to watch a few nights ago as Dressel took the gold medal uh, and, in swimming, and it, it was just phenomenal. Like, I, w- I was super excited. Um, and I look at these guys, and I'm just like, man, uh, or, or, and the, the girls, everybody that's out there, whether it's volleyball or skateboarding now and surfing, I love it. Uh, some of the things that I did when I was a kid, whatever it is, I just, I, I'm, I'm glued to the TV. I'll watch whatever sport they have, even if it's not something that I'm too excited about, uh, because I think it's phenomenal, because watching these athletes succeed is insane. I mean, they, they do things that I know that I couldn't do. And this is why one of the reasons why I love this idea of the average Joe uh, being a part of some Olympics, right? It's just like a regular person that hasn't trained and, and strived their entire life for this one sport. And, and they just show up and they're like, okay, you're in heat number one. Let's, let's see what happens. Um, and they're like 600 meters behind everybody else or whatever. Uh, and, and we look at that And we think, these guys are so gifted. These women are so talented. How could we be like that? We can't. That's that's why they're there and we're not. But we forget about all the hard work, all the sacrifice that they put in so that they could be successful. Now, I, we want, I mean, that's one of the things I love about the Olympics is they do these backstories where you hear about these people and like there, there's a, a girl who's a swimmer and, and when they would go on vacation, they would have to find a pool so that she could put in her time swimming while they were on vacation. This is how dedicated they are to making that work for them. This is how dedicated they are to their sport and to the competition level that they go. And I love this picture because it's a beautiful picture for what Jesus wants from us. Jesus wants us to be all in, to to allow the Holy Spirit to come alongside us and, and coach us through the difficult moments, to work with us and be within us and help us to move past our own brokenness so that we can be in that right relationship with God. And Jesus is saying, together we can do this. You think it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So how, how we do it is the, the real question. Will you step up and give your all to follow Jesus? That's, that's the real question. Are you going to allow something to, to keep you from following him? Or are you going to say, Jesus, you are my all in all. Everything you want from me, I want. Help me to be more like you so that together we can grow in a deeper relationship. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ, for the hope we have in your life, death, and resurrection, and the promise you offer to us of being like you. God, whatever it is that separates us, we just pray that you would you would help us to overcome it, that you would be right there with us as we struggle and strive to be more like you, that you would perfect us into your image so that we can be the people called by your name. 
sent into your world to make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everyone agreed and said, amen.